Efficiency by Robert H. Davis and Purdy Poor Sheehan. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Appreciation by Theodore Roosevelt. Office of Theodore Roosevelt, November 8, 1917. Gentlemen, I very heartily congratulate you, as an American, upon having produced this piece in the form of a play and in now producing it in the form of a story you teach a great lesson you show in dramatic manner how the prussianized militaristic autocracy of the hohenzollerns has turned germany into an inhuman machine for the destruction of what is highest and best in mankind germany to-day occupies toward other peoples and to a great extent toward her own docile and deluded working men and peasants a position which in point of international morality does not essentially differ from that of the mongols under genghis khan and the tartars under timur but in addition to their imitating the mongols and tartars the germany of the hohenzollerns has brought every resource of a materialistic civilization and especially every resource of a materialistic science to aid in the widespread application of their brutal treacherous and merciless world ethic in consequence germany has made herself a source of horror and of danger to all free peoples you have well set forth the hideous evil of german militarism to complete the picture however we must steadily keep in mind how this brutal militarism has been aided by the advocates of a non-moral and unmanly pacifism in certain other countries including our own the american professional pacifist has been the efficient ally of the brutal german militarists each alike has failed to understand that righteousness must be our aim that we must endeavour to secure justice and fair dealing and mercy as between man and man as between man and woman as between nation and nation in the long painful struggle to achieve these ends weakness and timidity are traitor virtues sham virtues and those who profess and practise them give aid and comfort to the apostles of brutal wrongdoing Sincerely yours, Theodore Roosevelt. Mr. Robert H. Davis, Mr. Purdy P. Sheehan, 8 West 40th Street, New York. Cast of Characters The Emperor, modeled on Kaiser Wilhelm II. Read by Chuck Williamson. The Scientist, read by Abayi. Number 241, read by philip gould stage directions read by phone the persons of the play the emperor a person attired in military costume indicating the highest order of elaborate modern mode sage green in tone he wears a short olive-coloured cape coat the left flap of which is thrown back disclosing one the order of merit two the triple cross three a seven-starred emblem of diamonds emeralds and rubies known as the reward of heaven designed by the emperor himself and bestowed by the grace of the almighty upon his majesty's imperial person the scientist a small thin man garbed in frock suit flowing black tie thin of face bulging eyes horn spectacles heavy head of gray hair thin straggly gray beard and small moustache he is very animated he wears a long Inverness-style dark overcoat and carries a portfolio containing reports and statistical matter. 
Number 241 stands six feet, is very erect and stiff of posture, closely cropped hair, large face rather heavy of expression. Upon entering he is garbed in full-length war-grey cloak, with white band and waist buttoned in front, the conventional metal war helmet now in general use, hands in white cotton gloves. He moves with the deliberation of an automaton. In reality he is fifty percent human and fifty percent machine, being composed of one left artificial leg two two artificial hands three artificial right forearm and elbow four artificial left eye which scientist has converted into a telescope five artificial left ear which is also a telephone six all his teeth are metal synthetic gold but cheaper and harder he can bite barbed wire in twain underneath his great cloak he wears the regulation infantry uniform and a bayonet in a scabbard his speech is laboured scene private audience chamber of an emperor in purple and gold with magnificent throne chair curved elaborately a canopy extending over the seat regal flat-top table left centre containing mounted figure of the emperor in bronze and a large mushroom gold gong a purple and gold cloth falls over both ends of the table. The cloth is decorated with crown and scepter. Heavy purple curtains fall from back wall. A modern rifle leans against the left back corner. Efficiency At rise of curtain, stage empty. Enter the emperor, followed by the scientist. The emperor with a curt and preoccupied air, the scientist with an air of fawning enthusiasm. Emperor crossing toward throne chair in which he seats himself proceed proceed scientist placing portfolio on table and smilingly rubbing his hands modesty sire causes me to falter my time is limited the crown prince awaits me when your majesty comprehends this greatest of all birthday gifts a million cripples transformed into a million fighting units your majesty's might becomes terrible emperor indulgently generalities i particularize as emperor makes sharp gesture that he is ready to listen the keynote of efficiency is the elimination of waste our problem was to eliminate the waste represented by the wounded in brief we have succeeded emperor beginning to display interest how so after countless experiments we can now take a soldier no matter how badly wounded and return him to the trenches a super soldier no longer a bungling mortal man but a beautiful efficient machine <laughs> you are enthusiastic but not contagious deprecatory gesture but your promises have not always been kept the proof your majesty i foresaw your doubts i brought huh. a specimen scientist appreciating the jeu d'esprit perfectly he's in the ante-room bring him in bring him in uh i beg your majesty's pardon but he is not altogether pleasant to look upon nonsense 
whatever makes for the strength of the dynasty is agreeable to the imperial eyes scientist with tremulous delight may i certainly make haste scientist nimbly crosses to door opens it and ejaculates command attention forward Hep. there is a momentary silence then a metallic clatter as if caused by a movement of iron then a heavy step enter two for one erect with measured tread observing nothing he comes down to center of stage where he stops in response to the scientist's order halt as two for one stands at military attention the scientist with manifest delight flutters bowing before emperor and explains the ultimate triumph our two hundred and forty-first experiment hence number two hundred and forty-one during this explanation two for one does not stir the emperor stares at two for one with a sort of horrified fascination he marches splendidly the least of his accomplishments permit me returns to two for one whom he prods two for one remaining impassive magnificent gesture of approval as he carries on inspection of arms hands body and head of two for one runs finger around left eye taps gently left ear contemplates ensemble and makes gesture for two for one to open mouth two for one opens mouth and shows glittering array of metallic teeth he shuts them with click like a steel trap perfection right arm two for one lifts right arm in stiff but sweeping gesture left knee two for one crooks left knee twice hands two for one opens and closes both cotton-gloved hands and manipulates fingers you guarantee his efficiency absolutely demonstrate scientist approaches two for one who continues to stand immobile and very swiftly removes helmet long cloak and cotton gloves disclosing two metallic hands and wrists you ask me your majesty if he is efficient i reply more efficient than before he fell in battle crosses to corner and gets rifle returns to centre two forty one attention observe your majesty scientist tosses rifle to two for one who catches it surely but stiffly in his metal hands against which the weapon clangs scientist puts two for one through manual of arms the whole scene following is punctuated by military commands in the following order attention carry arms present arms shoulder arms parade rest and now your majesty mark this fix bayonets make ready aim fire two for one completes maneuvers by pulling trigger and snapping lock whereupon scientist takes rifle and tosses it to settee emperor leaning forward with look of wonderment in his face colossal two for one comes to attention and is inert again are not the possibilities impressive beyond our dreams i estimate the restoration of five army corps now immobilized because of missing arms and legs deafened ears and blinded eyes something of a shock to civilization stupendous we recruit from the hospitals emperor with dawning realization of the magnitude of the suggestion 
and the hospitals are overflowing my dear professor science is the hope of the dynasty is it not amazing quite scientist proceeding with examination a test for the ear scientist taps left ear of two for one gently then crosses behind throne chair right and makes three light taps on back of chair discernible to audience while two for one bends ear attentively in that direction half turning body scientist reappears two for one resumes original posture salutes and holds up three fingers emperor peering round at scientist what are you doing i tapped the throne three times very gently did your majesty not hear no ah but the super-soldier did ten paces distant oh, it is stupendous he crosses the table opens portfolio takes out a small white card to emperor with your permission to two for one what is written hereon two for one closes right eye and stares fixedly with left nothing scientist smiles knowingly at emperor turns card over ah very good scientist holds card up again once more two for one after a moment of staring he reads deliberately a nation's will should be the will to power emperor takes card from scientist and glances at it correct scientist crossing to center and returning card to portfolio then addressing emperor this is my greatest achievement never has science done so much for the human animal from a shattered bleeding wreck of no value to this country i have made him into an efficient man hands of steel leg of bronze arm of nickel and aluminum telescopic eye an ear that two for one bends his ear off stage left you hear something what do you hear a bugle call sounding the assembly impossible open the door scientist opens door and distant bugle call is faintly heard off stage god in heaven miraculous a scientist gently closes door aglow with triumph what have you accomplished scientist with fervor a resurrection complete a triumph over matter the fragment of a soldier reconstructed under the magic touch of science without which he would to-day be rotting on the field a source of pestilence a worthless thing science set him on his feet gave him a leg an arm hands a telephonic ear a telescopic eye emperor leans back and deliberately inspects two for one how long have you been in my service two for one hesitates and salutes you may speak eighteen years majesty married yes majesty children seven majesty five sons two for one bitterly one dead three at the front my youngest follows his age two for one swallowing sixteen emperor coldly to scientist referring to two for one when does his furlough end 
Noon, tomorrow. By nightfall he will again be in the trenches. Emperor, reflectively. And if he returns, I will award him the triple cross. More brightly. This will stimulate the military ardor of the crown prince. It will delight him to see this reassembled soldier. Scientist, recalling an important detail. And moreover, your majesty, there is this aspect to be considered. We are manufacturing human extremities on a standard, interchangeable basis. For example, as your majesty perceives his left leg... Picks up ruler from desk and wraps left leg of two for one, which gives out metallic ring. Is metal. As is also his left forearm, including the elbow. Taps it. And both hands. Taps them also. Two for one receives these attentions stoically, as each member of his body clangs in a different note. Furthermore, your gracious majesty, if any or all of these parts are shattered in the course of battle, our corps of trained mechanicians, ever at hand, supplies the parts by numbers, and the fighting unit embodied in the individual returns with but little loss of time and the minimum of inconvenience to your majesty's service. What does he weigh? Equipped? Emperor nods. One hundred and seventy-five pounds. And without his equipment? One hundred and five. Emperor, brushing his hand across his forehead. Little more than half a man. True, your majesty. And therefore requires but half the rations, half the care of a whole unit. There is that much less to nourish. You have brought about the greatest advancement in the history of civilization. Tell me, what else of the telescopic eye? That interests me. I shall be surprised at nothing. Your achievements baffle. The telescopic eye, your majesty. Scientist circles the left eye of two for one with his finger. Is superior to the human eye in two important characteristics. First, it possesses the telescopic quality, as you have observed, and second, its power is undiminished by darkness. Emperor, with incredibility. You mean he can see in the dark? Just that. And moreover, your majesty. Halt. This is very interesting. We will test that also. Demonstrate. Scientist, dubiously. Does your majesty object to darkness? Emperor. Hesitates, then replies with an effort. No. The electric switch is there. Points to white button on the table. Scientist. To two for one. Right about face. Give attention to his majesty. Scientist crosses to table and lays his finger beside the button. Two for one observes the whole transaction carefully. To emperor. I will switch off the light. Be so kind as to perform any act you may and he will describe your movements. Are you ready? Emperor, bracing himself in the chair. Lights out. Scientist presses button. Stage is in total darkness. Describe my movements as they occur. Voice of scientist. Two, two for one. Do you understand his majesty? Yes. He leans forward in his chair. He lifts both his hands. The palms come together. 
he bows his head in prayer voice of emperor sharply lights scientist presses button lights on disclosing emperor exactly in the attitude described by two four one with a startled look on his face palms still together enough your majesty emperor relaxing nervously it is beyond human understanding recovers himself and rises and it gives me infinite happiness to bestow upon you this mark of our esteem takes from his own breast the order of merit and pins it on breast of scientist the order of merit there is but one higher decoration the symbol of divine right the reward of heaven emperor lays his hand on the seven-starred emblem which i alone possess scientist overwhelmed bows and kisses emperor's hand your gracious majesty to have received this from your imperial hand on your majesty's birthday is indeed a distinction a furtive glance escapes two for one a thin smile reveals his metallic teeth a sinister look comes into his eyes emperor reseats himself with a gesture of benediction i marvel at his dexterity at his auricular powers at his incomparable eyesight what is his range of vision your majesty he can see the enemy twenty or thirty miles away count its cannon its horses its equipment wait i will make another test i carry next to my heart the smallest copy of the bible extant it can be read only under a microscope is the test too severe on the contrary your majesty it is preferable crosses and takes bible from emperor's hand turns to two for one attention right about face two for one salutes i open the book at haphazard read a verse from this page matthew fifth chapter fourth verse blessed are they that mourn for they shall be comforted the fifth blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth scientist turns to emperor and bows the book still open in his hands he is right i am familiar with matthew turn to another page scientist opens the bible elsewhere holds it up scientist to two for one attention read isaiah third chapter fifteenth verse what mean ye that ye beat my people to pieces and grind the faces of the poor saith the lord god of hosts stop emperor leans back in his chair under stress of great emotion his hand sweeping his brow repeatedly scientist closes the book bows again with greater humility and returns the book to emperor emperor takes book and thrusts it in his bosom his powers are diabolical i wish to experiment with him alone relaxes and gazes vaguely into the distance scientist drops portfolio and coat on settee hasten i will summon you with that bell two for one remains stolidly at attention an expression of awakening purpose in his eyes your majesty commands bows elaborately exit left 
emperor with imperial dignity stares two for one down after a duel of the eyes imposing his will upon the soldier follows a moment of inspection in which wonderment is the dominant note he rises from the throne and walks slowly halfway around the impassive soldier studying him critically emperor's expression changes to bewilderment tinged with fear the situation is uncanny where were you born in the south majesty your trade two for one with a helpless involuntary gesture extending his hands i was a florist emperor stares at the metal hands two for one observing the expression i made bouquets not with these emperor averts his face but with my absent hands emperor reseating himself war is not a festival of flowers majesty a wreath i could make slowly for the dead he leans toward the emperor emperor observing the somewhat cynical note of the soldier becomes grave are you not grateful to science for these wonders performed two for one salutes speak what shall i say you are a man again you are whole once more yes majesty but my heart is broken why my people are starving my wife is lonely then you are not proud that science has found a way to double the strength of our army by bringing me twice to slaughter emperor leaning forward with ferocity his hands on the arms of his chair what ingrate by doubling the strength of your army you have multiplied human grief takes two steps laboriously toward emperor you dare rebel in the presence of your emperor dare the fear has gone out of my tortured body into yours takes another step toward electric button his heavy feet sounding ponderously emperor cowers back in the chair hollow-eyed down on your knees and crave your emperor's pardon that part of me which is steel cannot bend to mortal man i will get down on my knees only to god and ask him to forgive me what i now intend to do twice in the red shambles of the trenches i am the hope of the dynasty throws his arm wide no i am the hope of the people with trembling rigidity two for one reaches toward electric button the day of your birth shall henceforth be known as the day of your death and celebrated as the birthday of liberty two for one smashes electric button with a steel hand total darkness follows two slow footfalls are followed by a gasping intake of breath from the throne chair voice of emperor in terror lights lights 
I need no lights. Lights? You have made me live in the dark. And now you shall die in the dark. Voice of Emperor, choking. Mercy. You cannot escape me in the shadows. I can see you. I can hear you. Come to my iron arms. Don't tremble. Don't shrink. Go as a king should go to meet the king of kings. A rush of feet, an overwhelming impact of bodies, a shriek of agony from the deaths, the overturning of the throne, a scuffle in which the human body mingles with the rattle of metal, a long, choking, gasping blast, a ripple of stertorous breath, the clink of metal as two-for-one gets to his feet. Silence. Again, the ponderous footfalls are heard crossing the room, which is still in darkness. Two-for-one puts on his overcoat, his helmet, etc. Footfalls are again heard crossing to the table. Two-for-one presses the electric button. Lights. There stands two-for-one in full equipment, the emperor lying at the foot of the shattered throne crumpled up in the most unkingly attitude, the emblem known as the reward of heaven glittering in the light. Two-for-one bends down, rends it from the emperor's bosom, fixes it upon his own left breast, comes to attention, and rings the gong on the table, which gives out a low reverberating note. Two-for-one then turns to the door and stands with his arms stiffly suspended at his side, his chest thrown out and a light of victory in his eyes. Enter scientist, left. He takes in the whole terrible scene, cowers back. Scientist, gasps as he stares at two-for-one. <gasps> what is this? Two-for-one, raising his metal fingers to heaven with an air of thunderous, choking finality. Efficiency. Curtain. End of Efficiency by Robert H. Davis and Purdy Poor Sheehan.